What a beautiful song, beautiful setting. The hand of the Lord and the presence of the Lord that's here tonight. Hallelujah, face ever. You know, we, we want to be a willing vessel. Our, our generations eat up with self. It's eat up with, you know, your own dreams, your own visions, your own about me. But you know what? His kingdom. You know, a vessel of his to be, that he could trust, that he can flow through, that he can use in whatever measure he would like to use it, whatever fashion. Some, you know, but you know what? We want to be some of these vessels of honor. Not ashamed of his name. We're not ashamed to speak in that heavenly language. We're not ashamed of Pentecost and the experience and the life that he's called. Amen. And you know what? God help us here tonight. My, my. Brother Sanford's coming. Love and appreciate him. Done an awesome job Sunday morning for us. And uh, I want him to come. Have plenty of time to minister, to preach, whatever he feels to do. But love him, appreciate him, appreciate our evangelists, don't we? Let's give him a good hand tonight. God bless him. Y'all just come on up here and we'll let everybody preach. You got a message? You know, we've been labeled that radical wild group time to time everybody preaches a little bit one lady said I, I want to go back to that church where they all preach they're so used to everything being cut and dry and melancholy and methodical and predictable that when they get in a climate and atmosphere that's really apostolic like here it just takes them by surprise it creates a an appetite. I mean, he's got a spiritual appetite. I, I've got an appetite for the apostolic way. I believe the Lord's meeting needs. Now, I, I don't feel like I sound. I've just got a bad cold. It's went right here, a little hoarse, but we're going to preach. The Lord help me. And I hope I'm able to preach the way I want to preach. In other words, have the volume. We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 10. I guess y'all can go back to your seats if you're not going to help me preach up here. <laughs> it's an honor to be here tonight at Bendale. Always an honor, a privilege, a blessing. I don't say that lightly. I really, really mean that. Love and appreciate this church. Love and appreciate. Sister Moore, their family, uh, all the ministry that's here. And uh, how many preachers do we have in the house? I know Brother Barry. He's trying to make a preacher. And, uh, <laughs> no, he is a preacher. If he was trying, I wouldn't have said it. But but he's already there. He's arrived, so I can pick at him. And uh, very good preacher. Any other preachers? Just home missionaries. The ladies preach at home. One, one preacher said, my wife's a home missionary. 
She shells the corn at home. She preaches at home. I, I, I thought there was more preachers here. We got any praisers? Now we're talking. I'm going slow, but we'll speed up. Thank you, Brother Moore, for the opportunity to be back. What I'm going to preach tonight is nothing new. It's nothing you haven't heard. It's nothing that you do not know. It's just, I think subject matter does really make a difference. If we're not enamored with the subject tonight, then maybe something's not quite right. Because you cannot improve on the subject of Jesus. And Jeremiah understood that when he writes in Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 6 and 7. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. If you'll notice in the latter part of verse 7, Jeremiah reminds us of the greatness of the Lord when he says, There is none like unto thee. What he's simply saying, there's no one like him. Muhammad says, come this way. Buddha says, no, come this way. But then Jesus says, I am the way. But it doesn't stop there. I'm the truth and I am the light. I am convinced there is nobody like Jesus. There is no one you can compare him to. There's no one that rises to his level. It's exclusive. Yes, he's in a class all by himself. So if you'll help me tonight, I just want to preach about Jesus. I'm going to title this. I'll just title it, There's Nobody Like Jesus. I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about the results that will come or not happen. Because when you preach Jesus, something always happens. When you preach Jesus, there will always be a result that you can point to. When you preach Jesus, there will always be a dimension and an opportunity that is open to us. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now, when Jesus walked this earth, when he was here in bodily form, he was much talked about. He seemed to be... The topic of conversation on very many, their lips throughout the day. I'm sure the rumor mill was working overtime. Some in that day applauded him. Others criticized him. Some avoided him at all cost. And some purposely ignored Jesus. His enemies called him a variety of names. Beelzebub, Satan. Prince of devils, he was considered by some to be a rebel, a troublemaker. For others, he represented an agent of change. Some even called Jesus a glutton, a wine drinker, someone who chooses for whatever reason to keep company with the wrong crowd, people like a tax collector, social outcast. And people of shady and bad character. Others were, however, more respectful, congenial toward Jesus. Calling him a teacher. Some say, you came from God. Some addressed him as a prophet. 
Some said he's a religious man. I hear one disciple saying, my Lord, and he's my God. A few called him master. Some refer to him as the son of the most high God. However, almost everyone, friend and foe, failed to see and know who he really was. In fact, one time Jesus, overlooking Jerusalem, wept, his heart heavy with contrition and brokenness. When he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often. Oh, how I wanted to love you. I would have gathered you together, even as a hen doth gather her chickens under her wings, but you would not. You resisted me. You shied away from me. You ignored me. For whatever reason, you failed to recognize your time of visitation. They apparently did not recognize the greatness that was among them. I don't want to fall prey to that same story. I do not want to miss the time of his visitation. You said it well. It's Wednesday night and for some it's just the mundane, it's the usual, it's the routine. But there is a representation of people in this house tonight that look at this service with a complete different perspective. Something in you swells. Something in you is yearning and burning for a fresh visitation of the Holy Ghost. Some of you recognize that it's not just a midweek service. But many among us tonight recognize that Jesus is among us. And we will not fall prey to what happened to those people in that day when they missed their time of visitation. Too cumbered about, too busy, too involved with trivial things to stop and pause and consider that just maybe this one called Jesus is the one who was prophesied to come among us and deliver his people. They didn't recognize the greatness that was among them. In all of history's past and of all time to come, there is one person who stands alone. He is above all others. And I preach to you tonight, his name is Jesus. One of the greatest facts about the Bible is that the Bible is a Jesus book. It is the world's greatest book because of its Jesusness. Can you say amen? amen? Did you know that Jesus is mentioned in every book of the Bible? I'll name just a few. In Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In the book of Psalms, he's our good shepherd. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Nahum, he is our stronghold. In Zephaniah, he is the mighty God to save. Isaiah, the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in life's fiery furnace. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. 
In Matthew, he's king. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. But in John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he's the Holy Ghost being poured out. A sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house. Can I just stop and pause for a moment and just drop anchor in the book of Acts and tell you that he is still the Holy Ghost and fire. And I still believe the wind can blow and the fire can fall and the house can be filled. There can be tongues of fire that set upon each of us before we leave this house because in the book of Acts, he's the Holy Ghost being poured out. And the last time I checked, nothing has changed. Heaven has not closed. The door has not shut. He is still opening the windows of heaven and pouring out the Holy Ghost and fire. This one called Jesus is more than a man. He's the Holy Ghost being poured out. And I could go on and on because it's impossible to exhaust the excellent, the uniqueness, and the incomprehensibleness of our great God. And his name is Jesus Christ. I wish somebody would speak his name. I wish somebody would shout his name. You got a problem you can't solve? Well, let me tell you the one that can. You got a situation you can't rectify? I've come to preach about one who can. You got a door that you cannot open or a door that you just can't seem to close. I say take it to Jesus and give him an opportunity. I still believe he's able to do exceeding abundantly because this one called Jesus, there's nobody like him. Can you say amen? He's inexhaustible. He's still the fairest of 10,000. He's altogether lovely. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of my valley. He's the captain of my salvation. David said he's my sword. He's my shield. He's my buckler. He's my all in all. I still believe him to be the first, but he's also the last. He's the author, but he's also the finisher of my faith. I've come to tell you you don't have to fight your battles alone this one called Jesus will get involved with your difficulty he'll get involved in your loneliness he'll get involved in your despair he'll get involved in that misunderstanding yes he still is a present help in time of trouble give him praise right now Bendel there is no one like him there never has been or there will ever be anyone like Jesus. A burden bearer. A friend that will go the second and third mile. A friend that will not quit or bail when the going gets rough. But when the going gets rough, you can count on him. He'll be there. He won't walk away. He won't criticize. He won't judge. He won't condemn. But he's a friend that sticks closer than any brother. He'll go with you through the fire. And the fire won't burn you. He'll go with you through the waters. And the waters won't drown you. He'll go with you through the sickness. And the sickness will not take you out. There's nobody like him. 
According to statistics, 85 million people have lived since creation. And there's almost 8 billion people living today. But the truth is, there has never been or will ever be anyone like Jesus. He is higher than the highest. Greater than the greatest. He's mightier than the mightiest. John said, and I heard as if it were the voice of a great multitude. And the voice of many waters. As the voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Can I report tonight? that nothing has changed there has not been a shift there has not been a change in the glory world in the heavenlies he still rules and he reigns he is still omnipotent the voice of mighty thunderings can still be heard I want to preach to somebody. I'm going to get off my notes, but I want to preach to somebody that the enemy has almost convinced you that this is a fairy tale. It's just make-believe. It's nothing more than just hype, and it's just vain repetition. But I got news for you. The reason the devil is bombarding you with those thoughts and trying to cause you to doubt is because he knows the Lord reigneth. He knows the Lord is omnipotent. He knows the Lord's about to pull up a you, take you by the hand uh, and lead you through the valley of the shadow of death uh, and come out on the other side uh, with a victory testimony with a praise report uh, that says I was lost uh, but now I'm found. I was down but now I'm up. I was confused but now I have clarity and understanding. The Lord omnipotent reigneth There's no one like him. He's high. He's holy. He's eternal. And he's lifted up. The heavens cannot contain him. And if we're honest, we can't explain him. The best preacher in Pentecost can't really explain him. And you have the Holy Ghost, but I promise you, if you've got it, it's better felt than telt. It's difficult to explain, but impossible to dispute. It's rivers of living water. It's joy unspeakable. It's still full of glory. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He remains high, not low. He's holy, not unholy. He's eternal, not temporal. He's lifted up, and his glory, his train still fills the temple. There's workings and happenings and events happening and taking place among the righteous saints of God in Bendale tonight. I know some would say it's kind of on the low keel tonight. It's slow motion, but honey, at least it's motion. I don't know about you, but I got a feeling I'm doing about as good as some of you. Hallelujah. Well, you're the evangelist. You're supposed to be hyped and and inspired and plugged in and anointed. Uh, And I plead guilty to all of that. But I got news for you. This goes beyond emotion. This goes beyond excitement. This goes beyond hype. I'm talking about a deep-seated reality that says when I'm down, God is still up. When I'm empty, God is still full. When I'm broke, God is still wealthy. Something God can never have is a bad day. Amen. 
He's eternal. He's lifted up. The heavens can't contain him. That's why Jesus is not in the Godhead. The Godhead's in him. Because Paul said in him, not them. Not a triune God. Not Jehovah Junior. Not one third of God. Not them, but him. Dwells all fullness. Everybody say all. Anybody want to know what the Greek word for all means? All. Whew, deep. Boy, y'all smarter than I thought. It's all in him. Who is the head? Anything with more than one head's a freak. You got two heads at home, you got a freak going on. No wonder you got problems. Because the wife wants to be the head. And husband said, No, I'm the head. Wife wants to, oh, I better move. I heard somebody grunt. Somebody said, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. Uh, I'm not the pastor. I better move right on here. Stay in your place. Fulfill your role. And it'll run like a well-oiled machine. Marriage. Amen. Hello? That's why when we come to church with the multiplicities of agendas and thoughts and ideas as to what we think and how we think the service ought to go, then half, it takes halfway through the service for us to come together because everything is running out of control. But when we step into this house in one mind and in one accord and it says, not my will but thy will be done, if I don't do anything else, I'm going to lift up Jesus because if I start pointing toward Jesus, if I lift him up, if I enthrone him with my praise with my emotions with my spirit with my heart with my commitment I got a feeling that God's going to be able to do for me what I cannot do for myself and I'm not talking about God fixing every problem of our life but I'm just talking about having greater faith having greater consecration having greater burden a greater vision I'm talking about a closer walk with God is there anybody that wants to know him for that reason? Not just as the Santa Claus in the sky and a fixer-upper that comes to your rescue every time you hit a snag in life. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering, not just in the resurrection of his power. And Paul said he's the head of all principalities and powers. For in him dwells all fullness of the Godhead bodily. It just simply means it's all about him because it's all in him. Jesus, I've said it many times before, but he remains the center of which everything else revolves around. Jesus is a big deal. Jesus is the deal. When's the last time you got excited about that kind of deal? Everybody looking for a good deal. Can I introduce you to the best of the best? The greatest of the great. You're not going to find a better deal than Jesus. Now I'm going to preach, but we're going to break some eyes tonight. If he's a big deal to you, why don't somebody jump? Why don't somebody make a lap? Why don't somebody rejoice? I'm not going to let Wednesday steal my revelation about him. I'm not going to let life's problems dictate to me my level of commitment to him. He's a big deal when I'm high. He's a big deal when I'm low. He's a big deal when I'm sick. He's a big deal when I'm well. 
He's the center. He's the head. Be seated. That just comes natural, doesn't it? He's the head of all principalities and powers. There's one God. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. John said, three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, these three are one. So Jesus is the Father, he's the Son, he's the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Now I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a husband, I'm a preacher. I've got a son, but when you see me, you don't see him. When you see him, you don't see me. Amen? Somebody said, that's the truth. He a little bigger. Amen? I know what some of you are thinking. Keep it to yourself. I've said it too. He's a good preacher. I wouldn't have it any other way. Amen. Somebody told me the other day, said he... He's a, he's a chip off the block. I said, oh, no, he's done. I'm, I'm just a block off. But Jesus said, when you see me, you see, here it is, because I and my Father are one. Amen? That's what Jesus said. So he's the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Bible says all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was light and the light was the light of men. It tells us that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I tell you, there is nobody like Jesus. The human race, yes, can behold Jesus in history. But in Jesus Christ is the mystery of the infinite. For Jesus is the express image of the one and only invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. He is heir of all things. He is the creator of all things. And I'm glad to report to you that he upholds all things. Before there was an atom or a molecule, before there was light, before there was motion, before there was matter, before there was mass, he was. In the beginning was the Word, and that Word that was with God, and that Word that was God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. John said, we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That simply means to us, it speaks to us, that Jesus was a human child and yet a divine son. He was fully God and fully man. And in order to save us, God became one of us. In other words, he clothed himself in flesh, in humanity, and was made a little lower than the angels. That's the word of God. In other words, God traded the robes of eternity for the garments of time. 
God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself for only God can save us. I'm glad. I love that scripture that says but our God shall come and he will save us. Can I tell you that help is on the way. The answer's on the way. This I know. Jesus said it. I believe it and it's so. I'll go a little further. If Jesus ever said it, it's so whether you believe it or not. Anybody believe the answer's on the way? Do you believe that help is on the way? Do you believe there's a release on the way? Do you believe there's a deliverance on the way? Do you believe there's a miracle on the way? Our God will come and he will save us. See this Jesus, can I preach to you? Because we know who Jesus is. God revealed manifest in the flesh. So he put on humanity that we might put on divinity. He became the son of man that we might become the sons of God. He came down from heaven to earth so that you and I can go from earth to heaven. He died so that we could live. There is no one like him. Jesus had a dual nature. He had an earthly mother and a heavenly father. And he inherited some things on his mother's side. And he inherited some things on his father's side. Amen? He was. Can you say amen? God manifest in flesh on his mother's side. you got to understand he was the son of man, but on his father's side, he was the son of God. On his mother's side, he was physical, but on his father's side, he was spiritual. On his mother's side, he was the seed of David, but on his father's side, he was the root of David. Jesus, you know, on his mother's side, walked by the sea, but on his father's side, he walked on the water. On his mother's side, he got hungry. But on his father's side, he fed the 5,000 with only two fish and five loaves of bread. On his mother's side, he got tired. But on his father's side, he gives rest to the weary. See, on his mother's side, he got his body. But on his father's side, he got his blood. There's nobody like Jesus. Amen. On his mother's side, he was about six feet tall. But on his father's side, he fills all space. On his mother's side, he preached the word. But on his father's side, he is the word. He is the way and the truth and the life. On his mother's side, he was about 33 years old. But on his father's side, he remains the ancient of days. There is nobody like Jesus. This Jesus came down the stairway of heaven, born in Bethlehem. He was brought up in Nazareth, lived in a society of a subjected people, baptized in Jordan. He was tempted in the wilderness. He performed miracles. He healed the multitude and made no charge for his services. And by the might of his own power, this one called Jesus conquered death and hell. And just to think, he's on our side. Just to think, he's as close as the mention of his name. Just to think that he makes a way. I like the statement you said that when you don't even know there's a door. God can open doors that we know not of. Amen. 
He said, I'm he that liveth, was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. I wish somebody would connect in faith and say, I just got to believe behind the scenes, unbeknown to me, unbeknown to my flesh and humanity. I just have to believe that faith is advertising to me that God in the shadows, in the dark places, behind the scene, behind closed doors, he's working it out. He's working a miracle for me. He's got a breakthrough with my name on it. You say, you're trying to get us to shout. You're trying to hype us. Oh, no, I want you to connect in faith that even though it appears that all hope is lost sometimes you have to become oblivious to the obvious the evidence is overwhelming it continues to stack against you but in spite of what you see and what you feel and what you know there's something in you that says but God has got this God is getting ready to step on the scene because there is nobody like him he can still make crooked places straight he can give fullness for emptiness he can give beauty for ashes. He can clothe me with a garment of praise where just moments before there was a spirit of heaviness giving praise on this Wednesday night. I feel it. Maybe I'm feeling it for me and about two more, but I'm feeling it unbeknowing in the darkness, in the secret place, in the shadows, in the quagmire, in the darkness, in the disappointments, the crooked places, the difficult places. God is at work and he's ready to show up and show himself to be what he has always been, omnipotent, a God that continues to reign. Over humankind. Uh, he's the only wise God. So I'm here to brag on him. If you get tired of Jesus preaching, you might ought to check up. Amen? Because you're just about to check out. Don't check out. Just check up. Amen? Get a newfound respect. Get, get back some of that wonder of it all that used to mesmerize you and dazzle you. Just to step into, you know, nobody has to preach, nobody, but you just step through the door and say, ooh, I feel it. Mm -hmm, it's on. Hallelujah. Driving to church. I, man, I got a tingling. Something's about to happen. Oh, my faith is speaking to me that tonight is the night. If I can just get there. Oh, God, help me not to look at some of you right now. Hello. I, the fact that we're human is no longer going to fly. I'm sick of my humanity raping my faith and undermining my joy and sabotaging what God is trying to create for me. A brand new day of spiritual revelation and victory and power and a fresh anointing and stepping into a realm and a dimension. I prophesy to you right now that the days of blessings are not over. The days of doors opening are not over. The days of wonder working power are not opening. I want you to know, I only know this man at church, but my spirit bears witness with his spirit that this man lives what he preaches. He believes what he preaches. And because he is true blue, steadfast, unflappable, unshakable, God said, I I can trust him with blessings. I know some apostolics, if they got blessed, see you later. 
Kind of like the song, what, what happened to Joe? Well, Joe's gone to Six Flags, riding the Big Ben. It was Sunday. Or he's at the lake. Or he's in the shooting house looking to kill a deer. Some can't handle blessings, but God knows who he can trust to bless, to prosper. Amen. Every one of us are favored, but God said, can I, bless, can I trust you for the blessing? Amen. Some people can't handle a thousand dollars. You think they can handle a million? They can't even handle a hundred dollars. If you can't pay tithes on a hundred, you ain't going to pay it on a thousand. You're not going to pay it on a million. If I had a million, I could bless this church. Well, why don't you bless it with what you do have? You'll probably never have it. And I know I'm preaching to people that give and bless. But my point is this. While you look at others and it just seems like everything they touch turns to gold. I'm out of my notes, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. It just seems like doors open and they're always blessed. You want to know why people are perpetually blessed? It's because they perpetually perpetually bless the kingdom give and it shall be given honey if you're not a giver quit standing around waiting for your blessing it's not coming but if you are a giver of yourself your time your energy your finances your heart your emotions you qualify to be blessed Mm. y'all have heard it before but it's because it's true there's some folks in here that's going to be blessed beyond their wildest. Well, I'm already blessed. I know that. I know the Holy Ghost is the greatest blessing. Amen. But see, God is a God. And God is a big God. The only God. And he doesn't think small. See, for some, this is all we need. This is why, why the headache? Why even get involved in something that's going to be tough? Hello? But God thinks outside the box. There's people, leadership thinks outside the box. Why not a new church? Y'all want more property? Relocate? Is that what y'all want to do? Or more property? More land? Hello? Why is everybody getting timid? Yes. Come on. It's time to shut up. Put up or shut up. Because we sure do sing a lot about God can do anything. We preach it. God can do anything. And then when push comes to shove, well, we might, you know, cooler heads need to prevent. We might ought to, you know, the Bible says count the cost. What do you think people are doing? I'm just visiting, but I want you to know I'm believing. No, I didn't say I'd be leaving. Yeah, I will be leaving, but I am believing. If that's what you want, claim it. If it's a need, claim it. And it is because it's about the kingdom. It's about making an influence. It's about souls. It's about enlarging your borders. It's about God increasing the circle of influence in this community. And people otherwise that would never be saved are going to be saved. Oh, give him praise. (laughs) 
You say, you're a broke record. Well, I don't apologize, but I feel something big. I feel something gigantic. A monstrosity of a miracle is on the way. I know it's a, yeah, I'm believing God's going to use that person. And they're going to bless our church. What about you? Anybody here going to be a blessing to the church? And you are blessing. And I normally wouldn't do this, but it's omen. I'm trying to, Lord, leave me alone. You're getting me in trouble up here now. I'm blaming everything on God, but it ain't my flesh. You think the flesh is going to talk like this? The flesh wants everything to just shut down and be content with maintenance and just going through the motion and just being satisfied with four and no more and just leave it the way it is. No, the flesh, it, when you start talking about big things and launching out and expansion and God increasing, then that ain't the flesh, that's the spirit. Because that's the way he said in the last days, your young men would what? See visions and your old men would dream dreams. And upon your servants and upon your handmaidens, they would prophesy. He'd pour out his spirit. I'm telling you, this is a God thing. Anybody here that says, I'm going to be a greater blessing, you ought to give him praise right now. You ought to make a lap in here. You ought to send a message to the devil. You haven't seen nothing yet. I'm getting on board with God's program, God's plan. We're going to have revival. We're going to win families. We're going to see prodigals saved. This church is going to be all that God wants it to be. Give him praise right now. There's nobody like Jesus. Tell me. What is it that a person can't do if God is with them? If God's behind it. Amen. God can make up the difference. Oh, yes, he can. I've said it before, but do you think it was just an accident that Simon said, I go fishing? He owes some taxes. Am I right? He goes fishing. And of all the fishes in the deep blue sea, and there were many, he happens to just get lucky, I don't think so, and catch the one with the prize. If we could get a revelation that this thing ought to be a whole lot more spiritual than what it is. Now, I know we're flesh and blood, and we have duties and responsibilities as human beings, but I'm here to tell you right now, I do not ever want to reach a place that I'm satisfied with my level of spirituality. I can be as spiritual as I hunger and thirst for. I can see things and hear things and feel things and know things because the Holy Ghost is advertising it to me and it doesn't have to be just every now and then, every once in a while, but it can be every day of my life. I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm being led by the Holy Ghost. I'm seeing the unseen and hearing the unheard and feeling the unfelt and I'm walking in the Holy Ghost. And people that's not will label you crazy. They'll say, you've lost your mind. You've become so spiritual minded, you're no earthly good. I don't think any of us is going to fall prey to that. But I'm here to tell you right now, we can have what we want in God. What would you ask of God right now if you were convinced that God would back it up? That God would get involved with it? 
preach just a few more minutes. Unfortunately, my voice is getting better. Fortunately. There's no one like him. He's the greatest phenomenon that's ever crossed the horizon. He's the keeper of creation, the creator of all things. He's the center savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He, he is. He stands in the solitude of himself. Did you hear that? He stands in the solitude. He said, oh, he said I, I stretched out the heavens all by myself. I didn't have any assistance. One time, even when he could not find anybody that would come up to his level the Bible says when he could swear by none greater he swore by himself he made a declaration he made a solemn oath and you know what he became his own witness because he had to swear by himself he stands in the solitude of himself but the last time I checked that's enough amen but yet we need to be reminded that God who is enough God and one is a majority. He's just looking for somebody. Doesn't have to be everybody. But if you will get on board with what he's wanting to do in your life, then suddenly that settles everything. And that decision is a majority. And the devil cannot override it. Hell cannot veto it. Hell cannot sabotage it. Somebody ought to claim their father right now. Somebody ought to claim their mother. Somebody ought to claim their husband, their wife, their children, their daughter, their son. I'm telling you, when you join him and you agree with him, it settles it. That becomes the majority. It doesn't matter how many is on the other side saying things to the contrary. Stands in the solitude of himself. He's the only wise God. He's in the house tonight. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the miracle of the age. Jesus Christ is enduringly strong. I believe him to be entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's strength to the weak. He gives grace to the humble. He still heals the sick. He saves the lost. He beautifies the meek. He's here. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the roadway of righteousness and he's still the highway of holiness he's the gateway of glory he's the lord of lord and king of kings he is everything to everyone everywhere the total package his love never changes his mercy is everlasting he daily loadeth us with benefits if you read that scripture and you really believe that, he daily loadeth us, not every other day, not three times a year, but daily. That means that the worst thing that can happen to us, and yet on that day, there can be something positive release to you. Because even on our worst day, he's given things, gifts, blessings, strength, grace, he daily loadeth us with benefits I'm telling you right now there are benefits to living for God and somebody say amen because his grace is sufficient his love never changes his word is enough his yoke is easy his burdens light Jesus is indescribable Jesus is invincible Jesus is irresistible the heavens cannot contain him, and man cannot really explain him. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. 
There is nobody like this one called Jesus. And just to think, he's my savior. He's my keeper. He's my healer. He's my salvation. He's my joy. He's my song. He's my bright and morning star. He's the joy that comes in the morning after weeping has endured for the night. Lift your hands right now and give him praise on this Wednesday evening as the service begins to trend toward a close. Jesus is the fairest of them all. The fairest of 10,000. The cheapest of 10,000. Pharisees couldn't stand him, but soon found out they couldn't stop him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. The grave couldn't hold him. He always was, always is, and will always be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He's everything, yes, for everybody, everywhere. Whatever you need tonight, it's available in Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I claim that promise. It belongs to me. It was spoken on my behalf. It was given to me for me. For me to find solace. For me to find strength. For me to find peace. For me to find determination. To persevere. To press on. Can you say amen? He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lion of Judah. And he's the lily of my valley. I can believe him to be the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Because he's the lamb, the lion, and the, and the lily. He's the first and the last. He died, was buried. And yet, Jesus lives forevermore. You know it, but there were times when Jesus, while on earth, asserted his own greatness and superiority among men. When he announced, behold, a greater than Solomon is here. A greater than Jonah is here. Can I tell you a greater than Muhammad, Confucius, a greater than Buddha, a greater than a king, a president, a monarch, a greater is among us. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Say it like you believe it. Hallelujah. hallelujah. It's the highest form of praise. And he's in this place tonight to introduce himself afresh and anew as the one from whom all blessings flow. I'm thankful for every gift. But I don't ever want to fall prey, fall victim of loving the gift more than the giver. Jesus is the giver. I don't want to just praise him and serve him for the gifts, for the blessings. But when there is no blessing, when there is no breakthrough, when prayers are not being answered like I think they ought to be, when I'm struggling to make sense of it all, I'm still in love with Him. I've said it many times before, but in closing, let me remind you, we can trust Him when we don't understand Him. Because there are times we don't understand his ways. A pastor friend of mine sat down in his sofa Saturday evening, looked at his wife and said, because the night before they had the Winterfest service, and he said, I, I need to get up and go to the church and sanitize everything 
It'll be Sunday morning here in just a little while. She said, no, I'll do it. He said, no. He said, I'll do it. He said, I'm just going to sit here for a moment. And he sat down. And in less than five seconds when she turned back to say something to her husband of many years, because Brother McKnight was 65, she said he was gone just that quick, did not make a sound, just closed his eyes and died. Don't understand that. But it's life. It happens. We can trust Him when we don't understand Him. Amen? We all fight battles. We're all going through difficulties in life. We all have loved ones that have disappointed us, that have broken our hearts, that we've prayed for. We've done everything possibly for, and it just seems like the more you do, the worse it gets. Anybody ever been there? The more advice, the more you try to help, the more you pray, it just goes south. And the devil will try to convince you, see there, it's not working. But I got a message for the devil. It is working. It's, he's working when I don't see it. He's working when I don't feel it. He's working when I don't even know about it. I'm telling you right now, lift your voice one more time and give this one called Jesus praise. He's working. There's nobody like Jesus. He's still in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Stand to your feet and give him praise. I've preached long enough. He'll do to trust. He'll do to live with far. He'll do to die by. I'm going to tell you some old timers. They were as real as real could be. My grandmother, as musicians come, it always amazed me when I was in service with her and she never failed to testify. And she would stand up and lift her hands. She would begin to give praise to the Lord. He's been so good to me. I love him so much. I can't complain. The same woman whose husband at 46 years old fell dead in the hospital hall waiting to be seen by a doctor in the emergency room collapsed against the wall and slumped, slid down the wall, and by the time he hit the floor was dead. Give up a husband. He was only 46 a one-day-old infant son was born and passed. Another one, Jack, seven years old, comes in from school, says, Mom, I don't feel good. My stomach is hurting. She said, Come here, Jack. Let me, let me rock you. Get in my lap. It's going to be all right. And while he's in her lap, he dies. And this woman says, He's been so good to me. Her son... Wentford, 20 years old, two days from being discharged from the Korean War. Again, another guy was in a Jeep. There was a wreck. The other guy survived, but my grandmother's son, 20 years old, was killed instantly. She kept getting letters from her son. Because it was many weeks before they could get his body back. 
And she kept getting letters from her son. Hey, Mom, how you doing? We love you. Everything's all right. Just a few more weeks. I'm coming home. Knowing he was coming home, but not the way he thought. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that must have been, getting those letters? But she said, he's been so good to me. And then in 1959, on the coast, an outing, her son James, 20 years old. Her son-in-law, Yvonne, 26 years old. They were apostolics. James was. Her son-in-law was not, but they decided to find a secluded area and just wade off into the water. Nobody around. And all of a sudden, somebody later reported that somebody was screaming, Help. Don't know which one it was, but one went to help and they both drowned. One tragedy after the other. Her sons, her husband, a son-in-law. And yet she said, when I don't understand it, I can still trust him because he's been so good to me. You, it never enters your mind and question that a person like that, did they make it or not? The Holy Ghost in this place. Strangeness coming into this house. She went to her neighbor's house. It was June. They're sitting there like they always do. They're shelling peas. Conversation. Sister Jewel said, We were talking. I looked up. She never made a sound. Just looked, her eyes was closed and she was gone. The Lord said, I'm going to take you, but it's going to be easy. You won't suffer. Because she always said, I love my family. I love the family I have left. But she said, I'm homesick. The one I want to see is Jesus more than anyone else. There's nobody like him. That's the kind of relationship we better have to get a hold of God. Come on, let's pray right now. Mm. There's a difference in the facade, the make-believe, the wannabe. It's an Esther spirit that says, if I perish, I perish. It's not trying to sit down and negotiate and strike a deal and bargain with God. If you'll bless me, I'll serve you. If you'll touch me, I'll live for you. Don't misunderstand me. He's a prayer answering God. But, but we all know that every prayer that we ever pray is not answered like we want it to be answered. But in those times, what are we going to do? Stay the course. Trust Him. Anybody want a fresh trust? Come on around this altar. I've, I've preached too long, I know. 
There's nobody like him. To know him is to love him. To know him is to worship him. To know him is to want to know him more and more and more. song says, I still trust you, Lord, when I don't know what to do. I love to shout and run. But right now, there's a gentle, subtle, deep, calling unto deep move. When a person sells out, says, I'm going to serve God regardless. See, real faith is not believing in spite of circumstances. But real faith is believing and holding true regardless of the outcome.
having to walk down a pathway such as he just spoke about his grandmother these are times it's when you find out if you're going to be a true worshiper or not the bill of goods are there they're going to come to all some form some fashion some measure that's where we learn to trust him especially in the times when we don't understand but we trust him beyond that understanding because sometimes genuine love and genuine faith is when you don't understand but you still have faith and you still love him in all of the anxiety and all the pain sometimes even in the confusion you just keep doing what's right you just keep living right, talking right, and trusting Him. Brother McCoo preached to us last Wednesday night about true worshipers. I want to be a true worshiper. How about you? Not when it's just going my way and not when it's going the way I feel. And, but in all the seasons... And in all the journeys, and all the valleys, and all the curves, trust Him. Praise God. Love you tonight. Appreciate you and your prayers and your commitment to the kingdom of God. I would really like for us to become more kingdom-minded and not just the Jesus name church minded we become kingdom minded because as we become more kingdom minded this thing is going to increase and who knows we'll let God decide where those limits are at and boundaries are at that's his business let's just be about his business there's a lot of things pulling at us now it's up to us and say but I'm going to purpose some things in my mind and some purpose some things in my life for the kingdom and for Jesus Christ how about it love you tonight appreciate you let's remember brother Keith sister Judy she had an aunt Mary Brown somewhere they think in her 60s wasn't sure uh, had a major stroke I've seen they've left they wasn't expecting her to live but so let's pray for them pray about that situation let's also pray for sister Mallory's grandmother been diagnosed with cancer basically given no hope I read just this this week though even before I heard that Paul's writings and talking about how that he wanted to glorify God in life and in death that stuck just I don't know it just seemed to get a hold of me and when you text us last night it came rushing back I began to pray and I said Lord if this death won't glorify you step in give some time give some season that this death may glorify you
So we'll see. He's God. I know one thing. He can do it. I don't have no hesitance about that whatsoever. This God can do it. This Jesus he preached tonight can do it. Love you. Appreciate you. Let's keep those in prayer. Others, the Williams family, by all means, I thank the Lord they found Buck. I mean that. Um, I could just imagine how if they had not, you know, it's, it's, it's a tragedy already, but to have to deal with that without a place, a place to go for a season, at least for a season, uh, that would have been very difficult. So thank God showed mercy there and they found him. So let's continue to pray for that family. God would be with them. Let's pray for our community. Let's pray for our neighbors. Pray for one another. Praise God. A lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of troubles. Ideal setting for revival. For revival. Love you. Appreciate you tonight. Uh, I'm sure they'll finish up tomorrow. So it's looking better already. Man, I'm telling you, it's, it's made a difference. And thank the Lord for it. Appreciate some already gave some gifts toward this direction. And uh, pretty well, high already paid for it. Maybe a little better. And I thank you for that. And so, you heard the preacher tonight. Praise God. Real blessings in giving. And that's not necessarily tithes. It's in the offering part. If you really want to be blessed of God, it's in the offering part. It's not the tithes. Tithes already belongs to him. He just leaves it up to us to give it or not. But when you, when you get his attention, when you go beyond that with offerings, there's the difference. It really is. Now, I'm not trying to pitch. I'm not, I'm, honestly, I'm not. I'm just telling you where it's at. Okay? Love you. And you're a giving church. And we thank you for it. So don't you ever think that. We appreciate it. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you.